And we are live. God, that took a long time this time. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Holy Crap, the vlogcast. Vlogcast comes from a skeptical point of view to answer some of the questions of why. Vlogcast started as a combination of spite and the Streisand effect because, well, we just wanted a reason to go ahead and piss everybody off. And, well, if we're going to be pissed off, we might as well just share the wealth, right? Part of this is to follow through with the old adage, sometimes the journey is more important than the destination. I'm known as Shujin Triple all over the place. You can find me pretty much everywhere under that name, S-H-U-J-I-N. I was recently on uh, Jake for Wharton's show again. I'm not going to tell you how I did, because that would be spoiling it. you just have to wait and find out for your own damn selves. Let me go ahead and introduce you to what we've got. And we've got a very small crew, considering that, you know, this is one of our not safe for work environment type shows and and i i will i will go ahead and i will say before we get any further this is one of our typical power of 10 episodes which means there are no filters if you should not be listening to this in whatever reason or company or business whatever now is probably a good time for you to go ahead and just skip ahead to the next show and then come back to us You've been fucking warned. If you, need, if you need a refresher, look up George Carlin's Seven Dirty Words. It's going to be worse than that. From the Midwest, the U.S., good evening, Bridget. Good evening. From South Bay to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, good morning, Joey. Eh, late evening for me, really, but who's counting? Um, Actually, the guys that designed the 24-hour clock. Yeah, well, what do they know? They based it on their fingers. I've got, I've, I've got, a fi I've got fingers too. Time is relative. Yes, but that's a whole other thing. Ed, from what's otherwise referred to as pencil tucky, I, I don't even know what, what to add on top of that. I was going to say, sure, we'll go with that. Good morning, Beth. Good morning. Yeah, see, here, here's here's the deal. Uh, for those of you that were paying attention last week, Dallin already said he's going to be at a holiday party for his company. Fine by us. Free food and probably minimal booze, but free food, always good. You know, that's fine. Uh, Heretic Woman got in touch with me less than five minutes before we came on the air, and she's... She got back from a party and she's got to be up early. So she's like, uh, yeah, I don't think, uh, I don't think I can stay up. Now me, I could have been a dick and gone ahead and said, yeah, at least make a showing. <laughs> no, no, couldn't do that. Um, don't know where Joseph is at the moment yet. Uh, Unredone tech. I don't know. I don't remember if he said he wasn't going to be here. Uh, and, um, well, Beth pulled pulled the short straw and said, "Yeah, you know what? Um, sure. Yeah, I got nothing better to do with my time. So you know, thanks. <laughs> Appreciate that." Well, actually, I was planning on listening because you're doing, you know, what you're doing. So, thank you. And for those of you that are uh, kind of wondering, what am I drinking tonight? Well, unfortunately, I kind of did some. Uh, I I kind of pulled part of my back muscles little bit it's not it's not the nerve this time it's legit just overstrained my back which means that when i 
I'm, I'm in a swivel chair, office type chair over here. So when I want to turn to get out of the chair, it's not tough for me to get up out of the chair. It's tough for me to rotate because that means I have to lift my left leg and kind of semi hop to turn around. And that lifting of the leg is where the pain comes in because, you know, leverages and, and angles and, and ouch joints and, and, and muscles. And you get the idea. Getting old sucks, don't it? Oh, you know what? I really didn't need that. Thanks ever so much. <laughs> yeah, but I'm too. older than you, so. Yeah, I am too. And I know. I know your pain. <laughs> you know what? First off, fuck the two of you. <laughs> and, and, and second, <laughs> I'm catching up. You know. So. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, all you kids, just go fuck yourselves. Uh, unless you're in a very specific type of um, work environment that is <laughs> not going to be allowed on Tumblr anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like Tumblr anyway. It's too toxic. I don't, you know what? Whatever the hell. I, don't, I, don't I could never figure Tumblr out. It's just toxic. <laughs> uh, it's like I, I, I went on Pinterest and I can't figure that one out either. I'll stick to Twitter and Facebook. Yeah, you, you do that. Um, Tiny Triple has got a, a Pinterest account, and I, I don't, I don't, I don't understand it personally. It's, I'm glad I'm not the only one. <laughs> yeah, and bloody hell! I just okay. never had that much interest in Pinterest. <laughs> I. Don't know. And for those of you that are listening, kind of wondering what the hell's going on, uh, sorry, I had a very, very bright light out the back, uh, out my windows. Kind of the the same kind of thing that you'd expect to see from like, oh, I don't know, uh, you know, the, those bright spotlights that the police cars have got on the sides. And could no. it possibly have been somebody just driving by a road that happens to line up with your window with their high, uh, high beams on? Uh, see, no, because my street, it, there, there is no cross street right here. It just goes north, and south, right now. And behind. it doesn't curve or anything like that? No. No. Okay. So uh, it looks like it was just uh, somebody who was visiting my across-the-street neighbor, and their brights were on as they were pulling out and turning. Ah, so it was well, right in front of my eye. Well, my uh, electronic eye over here. Same, same difference. Yeah, kind of. And I'm trying to get this stupid cork. You know, I haven't even. This is this is this is this is a bad moment because I'm trying to get the cork out of the wine bottle, and you would think that somebody that's having this level of problem with trying to get the cork out of the wine bottle would already be themselves drunk. No, no, you're doing it wrong. Yeah, apparently I must have because I didn't get it right the first time. Here it is. Oh, that's a nice sound right there. I love this. So what did I decide? I decided to the flag him with the dragon. There's some people that get that reference because some of you are old fucks. And you actually know Danny Kay. You're welcome. 
So let me let me get uh, let me get all this crap started. Where is my clock timer thing? There it is. You think I'd actually know where the hell all this stuff is? All right. So now that all that bullshit's out of the way. Let me get everything started. So with five minutes on the clock, your five minute freestyle starts right now. You guys know that normally I do not I do not script this out. Well, I didn't. I kind of borrowed somebody else's script. Normally, this is not something that I would do, and I'm not going to sing it. I'm just going to read it off. Light one candle for the Maccabee children, with thanks that their light didn't die. Light one candle for the pain they endured when their right to exist was denied. Light one candle for the terrible sacrifice justice and freedom demand. But light one candle for the wisdom to know when the peacemaker's time is at hand. Don't let the light go out. It's lasted for so many years. Don't let the light go out. Let it shine through our hope and our tears. Light one candle for the strength that we need to never become our own foe and light one candle for those who are suffering pain we learned so long ago light one candle for all we believe in that anger not tear us apart and light one candle to find us together with peace as the song in our heart don't let the light go out it's lasted for so many years don't let the light go out let it shine through our hope and our tears. What is the memory that's valued so highly that we keep it alive in that flame? What's the commitment to those that who have died that we cry out, they've not died in vain? We've come this far always believing that justice would somehow prevail. This is the burden. This is the promise. This is why we will not fail. Those are the words to a song called Light One Candle, done by Peter, Paul, and Mary. It ostensibly could be a song for, you know, Hanukkah. It could be for christmas it could be for yule it could be for a birthday doesn't really much matter does it they've always done exactly this they've written music that is folk in style but with lyrics that challenge us to be better to be inclusive to believe and to actually fulfill on the idea that we are just one people. And why can't we see that? Why can't we just be that? There is an expression, and I don't remember exactly what it is, but it's, I believe it's better to be a light in the darkness 
then to curse the dark or I, I forget exactly what it is. But when you're surrounded with the dark, even just one candle is all that you need to find your way through. We aren't big names like the guys over there at Cognitive Dissonance or over at Scathing Atheist. We don't have thousands of dollars to throw around for, you know, offices or for charities. We're just our own little flame out here just trying to do our thing. And with just a little bit of luck, maybe just our one candle is all that's really necessary. Maybe we'll just pull in just that one person that needs it more than anything else. This episode 240 on the docket, Your Honor, Hitch Slapping. We lost Christopher Hitchens. And it's, it's hard to believe it's been seven years. He was someone who was really influential in what he did. And he really pissed off a lot of people. Both those that disagreed with him and those that agreed with him on a lot of different angles. And he was someone that if you went up against him and you had a point to make, you damn well better make sure that you got your stuff right because he would kill you. He would absolutely kill you. Figuratively speaking. But. Like I said, it's been. It's been seven years and as. As is tradition, even though I don't have Johnny Walker tonight to toast him with, I do have my wine, which this is the first time I've had any since the night I went ahead and had a liter of the stuff and got... I got hurt. So, Hitch, thank you for your influence, and thank you for kicking ass. And more importantly... Thank you for actually saying, you know what? I was wrong when you deserved it. To your memory. So I did see, just popped up on my screen, over across the water, over in uh, almost, uh, almost bright and uh, What the hell word was I going to use? Morning. That's the word I was looking for. I swear to you, I have not had any of the wine up until this point. Paris. Good morning, Joseph. Good morning. Glad you're oh, here lovely. Now, now we, well, now we get to have the cursing in French. <laughs> well, it's like wiping your ass with silk. I've, I'm glad. I've, I'm glad that I actually know that reference. Yeah, I've, I, I, I know that one too. But at the same time, pretty much all of the French curses are all religiously based. So, I mean, how 
how appropriate considering, no? Well, the fact that I'm Canadian, uh, most of the Quebec um, gros mots are in uh, their references to religious objects. Let me, I, let me know if I have this right. Uh, Saint Putain de Merde. Basically, the French equivalent of holy fucking shit. Uh, yeah. And that's Excellent. actually a Quebec direct translation of the English. Woohoo! They, they don't say that over here. They'll got say Putain de Merde. Okay. Learned something new today. So, seeing as how uh, seeing as how heretic woman skipped out on us, you bitch. Nice again. Again. Hey, be well, nice to my co-host. What happened? She 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 was out at a party and she let me know like about within five minutes of air. Yeah, I just got back from party and I gotta get up early. Uh, I'm not gonna be showing up. Sorry. Actually, I don't think that she said sorry, come to think of it. But you know what? It, it's fine. It's <laughs> fine. Whatever. Such happens. But the fact that she, uh, in all seriousness, um, hun, if, if you're watching, in all seriousness, the fact that you were able to be up and about, sorry, up in a boot, you know, fine, whatever. It, it's good. <laughs> I'm glad that you're feeling better. So, you know, good on you for that. But since she is not here, a real quick update. We've got no updates right now on Rave Badawi. Again, as always, you know, I have to remind you, it's just going to be a lot of that and a very few updates, depending. And unfortunately, when we do get updates, uh, they have a tendency to not be really great. The so only the thing I, I can say to that is allegedly part of Canada's silence, so to speak, is they are working behind the scenes. But they've been saying that for like three fucking years now. So. Yeah, I, I know for well that these things go slowly, and considering a reporter was on the wrong end of all of that, you know, we'll kind of hold this all in reserve for the time being. So, with that in mind, as the recording of tonight's show, it is now six years, six months, one day since Rafe Badawi, which is un unjustly incarcerated for thought crime. Our thoughts and our hopes are still with you and your family. We're still hoping. So, anyway. So, like I put in for the thing. Uh, you know, the the hitch slap instead of the bitch slap, the, the proverbial hitch slap is a piece of leftover um, legend at this point. Like I was saying, that Christopher Hitchens, if you were in a debate with him and you were not right on a piece, oh, not only would he let you know, he would he would verbally eviscerate you and make sure that you knew you screwed up and you should know better. And... Man, oh man, were there times where he went ahead and did that and he fucking eviscerated. Um, I'm, I'm thinking specifically, and I, I, I'm probably going to have to find the video for it again, specifically the debate that they had for, I believe it was uh, QI. 
a in, intel no intelligence squared is what it was where christopher hitchens and stephen fry were debating with uh, a couple of religious folks from the catholic church whether or not the catholic church was a force for good in the world and it was um how can i nicely put this it was fucking brutal it was absolutely brutal that uh the the catholic uh folks were um not exactly painted in a very favorable light and then the voting happened because they have a vote when people first come in and then they have a vote after all the debate is over to see who swayed the most minds it was horrible it was really horrible for the people that were saying the catholic church was a force for good in the world it didn't go well at all that is the one that i remember the most because how delicious was it with him christopher hitchens up there doing his thing talking through his thing and then basically saying you want to completely I'm, I'm paraphrasing just a little bit you want to completely uh, set my good friend Stephen Fry as effectively second-class citizenry and there's just something inherently wrong with that if you're human and it basically just went downhill from there now like I said I'm highly paraphrasing because I don't remember it all but that was that was one of the better ones so if there are some uh, if there are some ideas from from hitch's past that you guys want to bring into it all great if you instead want to go with the whole let me tell you who richly deserves to be dope slapped with really really big clue by four i'll take that too and by the uh way stephanie good morning I, I think with Hitch, I came late to appreciating Christopher Hitchens. When I became an atheist, the internet, basically, as we know it today, did not exist. So my deconversion was very solitary. It took me 10 years. And had Hitchens and Dawkins wrote when I was were writing when I was deconverting I probably would would have been like Deb and done it in like three weeks instead of 10 years but I have more of an appreciation for Dawkins because for some reason I gravitated towards him but I think what impressed me about Hitchens and even going I still you know go back through his work and read, read a lot of his stuff but was uh, primarily his shall we say attack for lack of a better word on mother Teresa who I mean not to rehash I mean he just just eviscerated her and the missions of charity which is her was her organization when she was live in Calcutta and I, I think what going back to what you're saying that if his adversary made a mistake 
he was on that like glue. I mean, and he stuck to it. And you know, the debate you were talking about with Intelligence Squared is like he. <laughs> I mean, the, the the thing I find with the Catholic Church, and I'm from a I'm basically a Catholic wannabe. I was raised Lutheran, and. He just, I mean, they have such a high and money opinion of themselves and all this stuff, all the good they do. But in actuality, when you tear it down like Hitchens was able to do, especially in that debate, and especially with Mother Teresa, I mean, they're, they're terrible. Yep. And he had no qualms standing on that. He never wavered from that, ever. No, if and if, I, I think that's what I grew to appreciate with him, is that he didn't care who the fuck you were. If you if he felt you were wrong and he presented his reasons and they were you know rational logical reasons, you weren't going to change his mind. Yeah, I think uh, I think probably the same thing that I would say when all is said and done boy was fearless yeah yeah he definitely had a set of cojones hmm. i mean and i think that's what i liked about him because i know like for me i was very for lack of a better word timid when i mean i remember the first time i admitted to myself that i no longer believed in god and then it was like seven years before i said well said publicly you know to a friend that no god's a fairy tale and then it just kind of went from there until i met Ka uh, cash and professor steven <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then listened to cognitive this and i was like yeah i kind of like this <laughs> but i i think hitchens especially i think for a lot of people really opened that door to be bold. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things that uh, a lot of folks really appreciated. He wasn't the firebrand yelling one. He was the cold steel. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that's, you know, I don't know how he would have dealt with, uh, with, um, our our two favorite bulldogs in the community, you know. You're not thinking of of who? Okay, um, Ms. Ashley and Susie. <laughs> oh, they would have fit right in with him. Possibly, probably. I uh, yeah, I I think they would have been like three peas in a pod. So. <laughs> Although I can, I can well imagine he probably would have, he would have, you know, nodded his head a lot of times and leaned over <laughs> to somebody and said, "Can you get me a translator, please?" It's, it's just... Yeah, especially when Miss Ashley gets going. <laughs> there, there's no stop on that girl. True enough. True enough. And um, but but... I, I think it takes, you know, in depending on the circumstances, obviously, it takes those kind of voices. I mean, yeah, we have the, you know, we have the South Andrews heart who are more, what's the word I'm looking for? Orators. 
yes, yes, thank you. And then we have, you know, then there's me and Deb. I mean, we just say whatever comes to our mind, you know. We're just, like, talking on the phone, just half the world's listening to us, you know. See, it's, it's, it's almost like we're two peas in the same podcasting pod, you know. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's how I've, al I've always been is, like, I don't really have, like, for me personally, I don't have anything to hide. You know, when I was being trolled by some anti-vaxxer in Australia, she's like, well, I'm going to get you fired from your job, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, well, here, here you go. Here's my address where I work. This is where I live as well. I said, this is my boss's name. Here, here's pictures of, the, you know, I was like, I don't care. Well, I care, but I don't care because they know what I do. And it really doesn't have anything to do with my job. Uh, you know, it's like, you know, but then there's people like, you know, for instance, Cash, that we, you know, he could not be that out, per se, because he had financial considerations and the safety of his family, but he still spoke his mind. Then, you know, you have uh, Tom and Cecil, they're pretty brash. I mean, I think it takes all voices, but I think what Hitchens did was open the door for people that were like that who can be ballsy and you know no right on the money and uh as an aside by the way uh stephanie which by the way hi thanks stephanie had said uh see uh my favorite what can be claimed without evidence can be dismissed without evidence Hitchens razor. Yes, Hitchens razor. I in fact I use that quite often. <laughs> and you know how sad is it that people can use that as a, a, a how, how do I best put this? When we can use that in an argument enough that we can just quote it chapter and verse, so to speak, um, almost. I believe the phrase you're looking for is using it as a miter. Mm. Okay. Uh, it's not a phrase I'm familiar with, but sure, I'll go with that. You know, how sad is it that people end up just screwing straight over that fallacy straight away? And well, I, 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 think, I think what Hitch was able to do, at least, you know, going you know, coming to uh, his writings a little bit later, was that he he made sense. He was able to bring things down to a level that we all could understand in our own way. You know, and you can use, like, you know, Hitchens Razor, you can use that in pretty much any debate scenario and I mean, it still holds water. Yeah, it still holds water. I mean, so it, it was a, a general observation, you know, especially when you're arguing with Theus. He had a great understanding of the human condition because, I mean, <clears throat> that goes beyond, you know, anything even religion. If you're talking about homeopathy, mm -hmm. for, his, for example, mm -hmm. you, you can use it the same way. And what I loved about him was just, the exasperation he expressed with, you know, um, today's credulous society. 
And I think his primary target was religion. But um, for me, religion is almost becoming a consequence of that human condition. That, uh, you know, um, the, the religious leaders are just taking advantage of. So he could have gone much beyond that. But, uh, well, you know, religion is important enough and present enough to to fill the, more than anyone's plate. So... Yeah, and let's face it. I mean, yeah, he could have gone after homeopathy, could have gone after anti-vax, he could have gone after a whole bunch of different things, but it's hard to argue against the idea that if you want to go after something that is truly um, debilitating for society, there's very few things that are more debilitating to society than mythicism and religion and mythology. Removing the capacity to think for yourself. Yeah. Well, I think too, I think uh, underlying a lot of his thoughts, like, you know, referring to the anti-vax or, um, or anti-science in general is that, many of us that are active in in countering especially anti-vax is that it's a lot of us consider it a cult we consider it a religion because and the mindset is pretty much the same so it's based on credulity yes imitate uh, thy neighbor yeah and, and so i think that's why a lot of what what Hitchens stated can cross over into the the science denial, and like Joseph said, I mean he he was a great observer of humanity, and you know, I think when you do that and when you break things down to their brass tacks, you know, what's harmful? Well, anti-vax is harmful. Faith healing, homeopathy, religion—they're all they're all basically on the same page. And I think Hitch realized that, but he, he focused on what he felt. Well, it, it, a lot of what I've read are a lot of his uh, anti-Catholicism mm -hmm. stuff, especially Mother Teresa, because she's always been kind of a pet project. Nasty woman. <laughs> yeah. And let's face it, considering all the stuff that we never heard about until he went ahead and said, oh, by the way, did you know about this and this? And this, and this, ad nauseum. Yeah. Oh, well, you, you want me to prove it? Oh, okay. Well, there's this, and there's this, and there's this, and there's this. And that, you know, that was, that was his thing, man. If he was, if he was going to go ahead and put down whatever it was he was going to put down as fact, he had his fucking facts in order. Yeah. And he made goddamn sure. Um, Bridget, the the homeopathy thing, the anti-vax thing, we generally speaking know full well that it's crap. Mm -hmm. But I mean, from from a from a standpoint, if memory serves, smallpox was eradicated in the wild, nineteen seventy three, right? Give or um. take. Yeah, I'm not sure if it was 73, 74, something like that. Um, I know I was I was one of the last few people to get the smallpox vaccine because they stopped administering it 
Um, there wasn't an A port anymore, but I am afraid that that's going to come back. It wouldn't surprise me at all because um, we have people who are not vaccinated against it. And, you know, I'm, I'm worried that that will come back at some point somehow that, you know, might be hosted an animal or something. And I'm terrified that polio is going to make a comeback because that is polio still, is already starting. Yeah. I mean, it's already in, in a lot of places in the world. Um, and we have a disease going around now that's very similar to it. Yeah. Flaccid myelitis. Yeah, so I expect that to make a comeback. And if I remember right, I heard that uh, measles and mumps. And oh, those are horrible now, too. Lots yeah, of outbreaks. There, there, there's, uh, well, there's an outbreak in western New York fusion. <laughs> oh, lovely. And uh, there's one uh, in uh, the Hasidic community in New York, New Jersey. There's one in South Carolina. There's one in... Missouri there. I mean, uh, there's one in I think San Diego. I know somewhere in California and You know, it, it comes down to and the mentality behind it And this is to tie over into religion is you know my child my decision my property my decision Gee where we heard that this is my property, you know wife is your shit hell. You know, it's mm -hmm. like yeah. It's and that's why a lot of us you know, make that comparison to to religious ideology is that because a, a lot of the same ideology behind religion is present in the in the science denial and especially anti-vax. But it's like you know, being able to being able to take somebody like Hitchens' work, even though it was geared specifically towards religion in general. And being able to pull it and cross it over into something like, you know, science denial, it, it, it it's nice. Because <laughs> I'll sit there and quote Hitchens and people be like, huh? Who? Yeah. Well, he had such a way, too, of pointing out things that should be blindingly obvious to yes. people. And, you know, one of the ones that he pointed out that, you know, I was like, why did I not think that he was talking about how evil the Pope was? That, you know, as horrible as AIDS is, you know, people getting HIV and everything, um, you know, how many millions of people have died because condoms were more evil than AIDS? Mm -hmm. And, and the, the Pope has actually come out and said, you know, but, uh, along that lines, I mean, with no qualms, no second thought. And, you know, if I wouldn't, it wouldn't be the, uh, it wouldn't be the not safe for work environment if I didn't go ahead and put this one out there. What is it going to actually take? Is it going to take an AIDS epidemic ripping through the Cardinals in Vatican City for them to finally realize that that's the problem? Or are they fucking hypocrites and they're actually using condoms with the escorts that they have in vatican city currently because we know how well they fucking do oh they another report just came out this week about uh you know uh gay priests and you know pope francis in the last couple of weeks i can't remember, i don't know i think it was three weeks ago basically said that if if you're a gay priest get the fuck out 
it's like why not um approach it from a little bit different angle like acceptance oh no 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 you, know, see, it's like, see, you, you can't if you can't have married priests you can't have gay married priests because they they don't they don't sanction yeah. that anyway. i i would not be surprised if they already already do have an hiv issue <clears throat> in the college of cardinals it would not surprise me in the least i'm waiting for that next bombshell to come out i guess it'll just take a little um bridget do you have any recollection as far as to the uh how long hiv takes between infection and um debilitation shall we say i'm not sure how many years but it is a years long process i mean sometimes what? it can take six months or longer just to even test positive you mean for it the transition between and then having aids yeah. right because aids itself is not a disease it's uh it's the symptom, yes. Yeah. yeah I'm, well, I'm some just... people have been HIV positive for 20, 25 years, so it doesn't Yeah, always... but usually on medication, though. Right, on medication. Yeah. Because, and... I mean, uh, Magic Johnson is, a, is, you know, the main example I can think of. He's been HIV positive for, I think I was still in high school. Yeah. So we're talking almost 30 years if not longer yeah and how freaking amazing the idea that we were able to turn a death sentence into a chronic illness yeah well look at greg luganis he's another one yep hiv positive yep and I mean, then and then we've got the other side of the damned equation uh freddie mercury arthur right. ash or, you know, President Trump pulling all the funding for HIV research for a vaccine. Well, Freddie Mercury, from what I understand, refused to take medication. He was, I think, in denial. And so he, you know, succumbed pretty quickly. Yeah. Well, I think with him, About too. He, he, yeah, he, with Freddie, if I remember correctly, he was more, he was more concerned about his popularity. Mm -hmm. So he denied he even had it. It didn't really officially come out until after he died that he had AIDS. And that was that was part of the problem, man. Mm -hmm. That the 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 fear of what is this um, what is this plague from God that's killing all the gays? Yeah. What why should we go looking into it? Because it was doing God's work. Who freaking cares? Until Ryan White. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the problem is that this attitude is becoming prevalent again. Yeah. Motherfuckers. Well, and I think that I, I, I think if Hitch was still alive, especially with the whole pedophile priest bullshit going on right now, I mean, it, it makes me wonder how much... I don't know if he can get really more vocal <laughs> than he was, but in in combating it from our side, so to speak, I mean, sometimes I wonder if he's rolling over in his grave. <laughs> it's like, 
you know, what does he think about what's going on now with all, especially with the bat shittery going on in our country with fucking Trump and his country of. I can I can tell you exactly what's going through his mind right about now. Worms. Yeah. Just, yeah. But uh, yeah, that's that's just wrong. I'm sorry. He doesn't have a mind anymore. Just, yeah. Sorry. It's what happens when you turn off the computer. There, there's no programming anymore. Yeah. Well, he's part of our minds. Yeah, he is. And all the wow. people he influenced. Exactly. People he influenced. And that's the definition of immortality. True that. True that. It's, you know, teachers, even if they don't have stuff written down, they're remembered. And years later, it may not even remember the name of the teacher, but you remember that there was a teacher that influenced the hell out of you. Mrs. Jean Berger, second grade teacher at Ben Franklin at the time elementary school. Okay. And then you've got, and then every once in a while, you've got the freaks that remember every goddamn detail of the thing and completely blow my idea completely out of the water. Thank you ever so much for that. You're welcome. I could also mention my gym teacher from high school. But I won't mention her name because we're on Facebook together so people could figure it out. Yeah, my second grade teacher, believe it or not, was probably one of the biggest influences. In fact, I used to go back to see her even when I was in college. And uh, I had a severe speech impediment when I was younger because I grew up with no teeth. My, te my initial teeth were knocked out when I was uh, too much. Uh, little under two years old so i had no teeth so i was about 10 11 when your second teeth start to come in so i talked funny and we were doing a reading lesson out loud we each had to read a paragraph and the word people came up in my section and i pronounced it people because that's all i could say <laughs> i couldn't say people and the class of course you know went totally bonkers they, they tittered yeah well it was beyond tittered but <laughs> a very loud titter and uh she she put her foot down and said well that's what it looks like that's how it's pronounced so she stuck up for me but she was a really good teacher even for second grade i even <laughs> but yep no, I don't, I don't blame you. I mean, we've we've been influenced by teachers that we don't even we're centuries removed from. Mm -hmm. Socrates, Newton, shit, Einstein, Pascal, Bernoulli. I mean, there there are uh, Lieb, Lieb, Liebschitz? Liebschitz, whatever the hell his name was. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, I mean, we we're influenced by people left right center that and we don't even realize it sometimes Leibniz. and i'm sorry Leibniz, no leave this okay knits yeah close enough knitting. sure where, yeah. where'd you get that one from 
wait, you meaning how, how did I know this particular personality? Yeah, it's not a uh, name that comes up very often. Yeah. Um. Uh, Joey, do, do you do you want to do it or do you want me? You go right ahead. Where do I know him from? Epic Rough Battles of History! <laughs> I can get away with that. Uh, I I have to admit, you know, it was it's because of the Epic Rap Battles of History. They did uh, they did a thing where it was Newton versus Bill Nye and he came up and it was like, "Oh, well, this is something new I got to learn about." Tap it, tap it, tap it. Ooh. Oh, this guy. Oh. It's amazing what you can learn after a while. Well, Damn, it, it, I gotta look that up now. Yeah. That's the thing. I mean, and I think for those of us that are, you know, secular, atheist, agnostic, whatever, that have, quote, real open minds, not enough that our brains fall out, um, we will go and explore stuff like that. Whereas religion, I, I think, Hitch drove this point home quite a bit. I mean, a lot of, well, the four horsemen all did, is that this type of new information doesn't scare us. We absorb it and, and you know, take in what, what's relevant to us and pass it on. So I, I can guarantee probably one or two of your listeners are going to go, who's Leibniz? And one find out more about him. And Joey will admit, you know, there are things about uh, there are things about history that, yeah, epic rap battles of history might have kind of tinkered a little bit with they, the they, realities, but they tend to everything that they do on the show is has its basis in historical fact, but they only they only give you enough information to where it piques your curiosity because they're trying to get you to look it up. Mm -hmm. Which is great. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, sorry for putting you on the spot, by the way, Shudan. No, that's perfectly fine. The worst part about it is I'm actually feeling like the alcohol is hitting my brain a little bit early tonight. No, so. I should have phrased that differently. <laughs> no, it's perfectly fine. Don't worry about it. Um, there's something that ended up happening uh, just uh, within the last couple of days that if if it doesn't qualify as a hitch slap, I don't know what does right now. When I forget which group it was from the U.S. government was at the summit regarding climate change and they were basically like look coal is good and it's 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 a good thing and we can go ahead and we can use this and it's going to be perfectly fine because all this data doesn't matter and it's wrong and they were literally laughed mm -hmm. down in the room you know it was the G i think it was the yeah i want to say g20 or the uh one of the pair the paris accord Reading. doesn't really much matter at this point it's just well another learning. good another good hitch slap was the meeting with pelosi and uh <laughs> Schumer and trump and they basically got trump to admit that i'll take all the blame for shutting the government down 
Yeah, what was the best part about the whole damn thing? It didn't have to be on camera. Nope. It didn't have to be. And and Bridget, you you've got to you've got to definitely appreciate this. Boy was just so full of himself. He needed the cameras to be there and to put on a show for everybody. Isn't that exactly what it was? I didn't see it. <laughs> Fuck me, running. I'm so sorry. God damn it. Well, I pretty much try to avoid the news if I can, and unless I just happen to catch a headline somewhere. Okay, so this is great. I can't trust <laughs> you to find the the headlines. I know for well Joe's not going to because well. I don't blame him. Joseph is over in another country where they've got all kinds of shit going on anyway that people are getting arrested for. Uh, yeah. The only other person is Beth, and right now she's half asleep as it is right now. So you know what? Fuck me. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. It's just... No, no. You know I've been traumatized ever since the inauguration, and that's that's true. Yes, it's... it's. So uh, I've been told to avoid the news, so I do. <laughs> I, I just have one question for Beth. Huh. Uh, why do you have a huge chunk of cheddar cheese in front of your face? <laughs> you know, you're like the third person in the last month. It's uh, it's my homemade pop filter. Okay. On my old computer, I had a horrible is when I said P's and S's. And I didn't have money to purchase any pop filters. I would have, and they wouldn't have gotten here in time. And so this was a quick fix. And my USB headphones decided to take a crap. So I had to go back to my old headphones. And it's just, yeah. we're not judging. I I, I, make, I do that all the time. I I, I, I make my own shit. You know, I I'll, I will I will make a tool from scratch just to be able to make shit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if I if I made it any smaller, the problem is my cat gets it, and then he he will. I'm afraid he's going to swallow it. This is a little too big. I would it, it would take him a time to get it down to small enough pieces for him to eat, so this way I can catch him. Yeah. But I I like being obnoxious, so. It's like it's like uh, the glasses. My my regular glasses are are these obnoxious blue things, and I purposely got them because they were the ugliest. Well, there was a pair of wingtips, but they were they're different. fine. Yeah, What's well, I, they've actually kind of grown on me. I kind of actually like them. Other than I'd wear those. Yeah, but yeah, I, I was trying to pick out the most obnoxious pair, and then after about about a month or so wearing them, I'm like. Actually, kind of like these. <laughs> They're not as obnoxious as I thought. You'd wear them, Joe. You live currently. Sorry, Joseph. You currently live in an area where they literally eat slugs. I don't think that that's really high praise for those glasses, personally speaking. S snails and details details thanks 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 for the blanket judgment you're welcome um shuja i happen to like escargot uh, they're they're fucking good when they're <laughs> with with butter and garlic yes. and parsley mm, on toast okay fine. so as, as far as as far as pop I, i've got a video of um <clears throat> i think it's on youtube I think I've got a video with uh, me and Aaron Ra. He's eating snails for the first time. 
when he was here in Paris. I'll try to avoid that at all costs. So, so that people understand, by the way, this is the pop filter system that I have for mine, a $40 microphone manager special. And this, this ring in, in front of it only because I had a, a gift card. So I bought it for the gift card from a birthday. So, so it's purely cosmetic. No, it's not purely cosmetic. It actually, it actually works. See, I can, I can make all those sounds come over. The Dallin's gonna kill me for that. I just know it. Well, <laughs> see, that's the thing. I wanted the assistant. I might kill you with for like it. A, a boom mic with with the type of setup you have, but because of where I live, I live above the restaurant, so I don't really have quiet up this late at night. And I pick up a lot of the sounds from, I live right on the main drag. So during the summer, I get all the outside sounds and I was afraid it would come over the speakers. So that's why I use this rig. I'd rather, I, the headphones drive me nuts, but. That's all right. <coughs> whatever works to get the, get the activism going. Yeah. And trust me, you're, you're, your headset doesn't sound nearly as bad as the first one that I was using when I was first starting out DJing almost 10 years ago. I found some voice files of mine. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, uh, well, my, my new computer, I got a new one last year. And the sound on this computer is a lot better. Sorry. So Stephanie is, uh, is chiming in. And right now it looks like you're the only one. Thank you. Feel better about that. Uh, you can find Trump, Trump making that comment on NBC. The article is titled, Trump is relishing the prospect of owning a government shutdown, but Republicans aren't. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Can't wait to see how that plays out. And uh, Joe, you've, mm -hmm. you've, you've endured mm -hmm. government, quote-unquote, shutdown. Yeah, well, back when I was... A what, when I was a government employee, yeah, back when you were a grunt, uh, how'd that work out for you at the time? Considering we had several guys who were deployed who didn't get paid for several months, and you know their families got royally fucked over, and the only reason why their families were able to make ends meet was because the families of other soldiers who had you know saved up had to tap into their savings and you know band together, help out each other. Well, I, I think that's, I, I mean, not to sidetrack our conversation on Hitchens, but I think that's what irritates me the most about any talk, whether it's coming from Democrats or from Republicans concerning shutdowns, is they don't realize the effect that it has on people who are serving ha or have served. There, there was a report I read the other day that some veterans have not received their benefits in over three months. Yeah. And to me, that is just asinine. Anybody who is dependent on the government for their, yes. for their livelihood. So yeah. not just, not just the folks on welfare or whatnot, but any government employees, any military employees. Yeah. Well, I, I find it more disgraceful. I'm, I'm on welfare. I have no qualms about admitting it. I would not survive. I would not be able to eat 
if it wasn't for my SNAP benefits. I most likely would have died four years ago um, after my, my strokes if I did not have medi uh, qualified for Medicaid the day after my stroke. Um, but I would much I would much rather myself go without than for somebody who served in the military to go without. That's bullshit. But not to sidetrack our conversation. Yeah, and Bridget, I, I gotta imagine you saw some shit happen like that too during your career. No, uh, not so much then, um, because when I was in, it was yeah before we even knew what a government shutdown was um because that was that was a long ass time ago uh, it was in the 80s but i do have friends who are you know government you know like gs rated employees that have jobs with the government that are civilians and they get put on furlough they don't get paid either So it's, it's not just the military people. It's not just people that draw, you know, uh, government checks. It's also those employees. And it puts a huge dent in the economy, uh, too. Oh, I think the last last shutdown cost $24.5 billion. I know it was a stupid amount of money, and it's just so unnecessary. And that was for three days. Yeah. And, you know, not realizing how many people it hurts or not even being able to. I don't think they care how many people it hurts. That's the thing. I don't think they care. Well, that I, I, I don't disagree with you, but I also think that another part of it is that they just have no way of even conceptualizing how to figure out how many people might be impacted, never mind harmed. I'm not saying hurt, harmed. This is different. Oh, well, I mean, they knew from last time how how it was quantified. I mean, I I don't have the exact numbers, but they were given the numbers. They don't care. It's it's a hostage situation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, you don't give me what I want. I'm going to kill this hostage. They don't care. Yeah. And it's, it's your it's fault. Exactly that. That was well put. Thank you. Yeah. And it's also there's a there's a bit of um if you don't let me play with my toy the way I want to, I'm gonna break it. Yeah. Isn't that the case? And it's your fault if I do this. That's what it comes down to. It's kind of like my brother and I, we we used to get into this argument. My my brother was pretty wily and he would if he saw me playing with a, a toy he wanted to play with, he would come over and try and grab it from me while screaming at the top of his lungs you're gonna break it you're gonna break it so mom would hear well, i i think what makes it so even more atrocious is the fact that for the most part currently a lot of this bullshit of shutdown and uh mistreatment of uh poor and indigent and can't say the word. The poor. Thank you, Joey. <laughs> um, that's, you know, people that, you know, need help is that it's coming from the so-called party of family values. What fucking hypocrites using that expression now, isn't it? It's, oh, it's, it's, I'm sorry, still, not even just now. 
It's the disingenuosity of it all that gets to me. I mean, yeah, and, they, and, they don't and, even care about telling the truth. Yeah. And, and well, not, when I say family values, we could take it a step so-called, you know, the religious right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's like, this is where people like Hitch, like, you know, and those that are, that have the brass balls, this is where their voices are most important because i mean yeah we point out the hypocrisy but it in some cases it just doesn't seem to make a dent but i think if we had a voice like hitchens who you know needed a wear wheelbarrow to carry his balls in <laughs> in a good way um I think it would put more, you know, oomph into battling the bullshit. Well, I would Are tend you? to agree with you. I mean, yeah, we have, you know, we have our voices, but for some reason they just don't seem as strong as they did when Hitch was alive. And I think that's what I miss. Yeah, and I, I can't say as I blame you. Um, and I think that's one of the things that we've kind of taken from him and have tried to utilize it for ourselves. Not necessarily go after the religious because they're wrong or because they're hypocrites, which they are in, in a lot of cases, but he went after the ones that were specifically disingenuous and or hurtful societally speaking he didn't pull his punches when it came to telling somebody look um what you believe is wrong because i mean if it was somebody who was just honestly speaking to him and saying look i believe blah 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 blah, blah insert you know whatever christianity piece of of fluff here he wouldn't go after him and and eviscerate him he would tell them, look, you've been believing this and it's wrong. And you need to look about these pieces and this piece and this piece in order to really understand what it is that you have been missing out on. As opposed to going after the people that he knew were hurtful and specifically harmful societally. No, and he, he ripped them the battle. fuck apart. Oh, yeah. He picked oh, yes, his battles, I and I, I think that's one of the biggest things that that I took away from, you know, from specifically Hitch. And and, and I, I'm going back to Cash because a lot of times, I mean, he was the impetus for, you know, obviously for Deb and I start, starting Beyond the Trailer Park. But how I gear, you know, stuff on my blog and what I choose to post about uh, primarily issues surrounding the ACA. <clears throat> but it's like... He would treat somebody like, you know, a general public differently than he would treat the Monsignor of a Catholic church or, you know, a cardinal in the Catholic church. Uh, I'm trying to think of the one over in England. He used to go uh, debate quite often. No, it doesn't really much matter. I mean, he, he, he treated the individuals, generally speaking, well. He treated the ideas 
with positive contempt when they deserved it. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things that it may not necessarily hold the same gravitas, but to me, he was in a lot of ways still a gentleman in the way that he dealt with people. It's he, important. He made that distinction between the believer and the the uh, oh, the believer, the the, the institution. Uh, oh yeah, I want to call him the manipulator. Yeah. You know, because I mean, for me, religion is um, it's an effect. It's a side of effect of a of a of a credulous society. You know, I mean, you've got. You know the economy and everything uh, depends on a credulous population and you know there are certain ways that uh, the people running all this would like them to behave and that's what the the family the family values thing is all about um just keeping people you know making them conform to a certain pattern which is beneficial to the guys who are taking advantage of them basically and it's, and it's and it's bullshit. The fact well, that it even has to that there even has to be somebody to point out, um, why are you not uh, taking the right advantage of information? Well, they don't. Yeah, you don't want to get me started. Um, <laughs> no, I don't want to get into that now. But I mean, uh, you know, okay. people people who don't know how to make value judgment for themselves, they have to rely on quote-unquote authorities or peers for uh, for for information for survival information i call it survival information but uh that, that's how the brain treats it because you know if you don't know how to judge the value of anything for yourself well you have to depend on somebody else for survival and instinctively that's that's how people operate and that explains all the violence you know if you don't conform to a certain behavior pattern pattern in certain communities well the result can be is one of fear to start with and it can be pretty violent in the end and it's all it's all rooted in this in this uh survive by imitation mindset so anyways that that was why hitchens was um especially careful to uh to target uh the people profiting from this system rather than uh the people who are victims of it right and i and i do think that believers are victims mm -hmm. yeah until somebody puts a gun in their hands but anyways <laughs> or a uh or a judge's gavel mm -hmm. uh yeah although although brett kavanaugh is uh, on the the dark side of the right right now because he voted with Planned Parenthood not to cut the funding. So but not, I, the big question is that that. But the question. Oh, did he? Okay. Yes. He he voted not to. He voted with the majority not to cut funding for Planned Parenthood. But the biggest you know? question in my mind for like people like him is that are they really aware of their own bullshit? <laughs> you know, like even I, talking I, about the the Pope. The Pope, I think the Pope is a believer. He, he's just been isolated his entire life in this bubble. You know, he's the believer in chief. Um, and some of these, some of these judges, okay, I've seen some things over the past year, you know, I thought people in academia 
we're all you know lab coat wearing wearing uh, you know philosophers, but th there are some people. There are some pretty stupid people up there. Mm-hmm. Yep. There, there are. And most of us, uh, quote unquote, down here, you know, have a hard time really. Well, I, I think, I think, I think Bridget touched, uh, touched on it. it. Might have been you, shoe, but I don't think they really. I mean, they have no realization what it's like for us grunts to borrow Joey's term. I mean, it's like they they live in such a bubble of privilege that they have no fucking clue what everyday people go through to survive well nobody knows what it's like for somebody else like really well, well, right? but the, the most important point is that is that these people don't care well yeah then you throw that in there with some of them like you know paul ryan and shit like it, that. And they, even they if, obviously even if they're well-intentioned they said oh if i'm gonna do this for these people they're gonna be like this this is gonna be the result when the, you know they have no experience doing anything or living you know the way the the people they they're affecting do so they're they're basically they're they're operating on faith or without evidence anyways yeah um on idealism alone and yeah. that in itself is um a bad sign of somebody who can't think it's a sign of somebody who can't think for themselves or who's somebody who's not skeptic yeah to that end by the way uh stephanie is pointing out uh the pope is a jesuit i doubt that he is a real believer i Ooh. I. What is Jesuit? Oh, they they can be pretty. Uh, yeah. Yeah. If I, if memory serves, I believe that the Jesuits were the more. <clears throat> all right. I'm, I'm I'm gonna use I'm gonna use relative terms. The more scientific arm of Catholicism. Now well, they... I may be misappropriating this, uh, misattributing this. It so... was begun in honest fanaticism it was actually begun here in paris um on uh montmartre on the on the hill uh, uh what was his name La 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 anyways three uh, uh, three uh leola oh ignatius Oswald, of leola. ignatius yeah and Lieb liebschitz it was basically three fervently believing monks who were pissed off at the Catholic system for yeah, Fran um, Francis Xavier and Peter Farber were the other two and you're right Shu it's the scholarly religious congregation of the Catholic Church this is according to Wikipedia wait a minute I got one yeah <laughs> fucking go me all right and they were according to Wikipedia were founded in France in the 1500s 1534 Yeah. Yep, right up on the hill. Yeah. Ignatius no. of Loyola, a, ba a Basque nobleman from the Pyrenees area of northern Spain, founded the society after discerning his spiritual vocation while recovering was, from a wound sustained in the Battle of Pampelona. Um, he composed the spiritual exercises to help other follower, follow the teachings of Jesus Christ. So wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait a minute. Am I understanding this correctly? This guy crafted a a change in religion 
after getting gored by a bull at the running of Pamplona, and he was in a, a dire need of like medical attention and had like hallucinations and shit. Am I thinking the right one now? <laughs> that's what it sounds um, like. That's to a me. good good synopsis. It's okay. a battle of Pamplona. I don't know if they mean the running uh, of the bulls or what. No, it's a, a, a battle. Shit, I, I, I like. I, I, he was a believer. He was a believer, believer of believers. I don't. I don't care. My 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 version sounds more fun. I don't care. <laughs> not to mention. Not to mention. There is. I forget who it is, but there is one patron patron saint in Catholicism, patron saint of television, because she had hallucination visions of moving pictures and sound on the wall where she was lying down in having fever hallucinations and shit and that made her the patron saint of television was that before tv was invented i don't even really remember and i don't really much care the fact is uh catholicism you weird they gotta appropriate everything sure why not and uh, a finger in every cake should be their model uh cake yeah i i <laughs> no no Nah, no. That's not a euphemism I'm familiar with. Stephanie's also said, uh, Jesuits are usually better educated to lead the attack on the rest of the world. Well. Well, they were educated, oh, nice. and that was that was the big part of their evangelization, uh, was uh, spreading through, quote-unquote, education, um, their, their, their indoctrination. Man, you know, it's all got a purpose. You know, and I, I went ahead and I mentioned about um, Socrates earlier, and I'm trying to remember if it was Socrates or Aristotle or, or who the hell it was, but they basically had an ancient Greek, uh, ancient Greece. Their classroom was just going out around everything as a group and just asking questions about everything and questioning everything and looking at and trying to discern and figure it out and learn how everything was or why it was or what it was. And education was a wonderful thing. That, was a, that was a really important crossroads in humanity. Yeah. But unfortunately we took the wrong one. <laughs> Uh, I think that's the thing. I mean, the, the, a lot of people have an elitist view of academia. And, I mean, generally those of lower education think that those with higher education are snobs, or elitist snobs. Well... Okay, you, you got to divide the people thinking that. I mean, um, mm -hmm. you know, you've got people who have disdain for quote-unquote elites, yeah. which you could just translate to uh, anyone not like me. Yeah. Um, or anybody outside of my bubble. Um, but, you know, even, even the skeptics in us want to believe that uh, academia is... Um, um, not a lot of us have access to it, but um, 
yeah, we we tend to think that they're 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 it's it's a noble it's a noble trade, but you know I found especially recently that um, you know most of them are just passers on of information. Mm-hmm. You know, some just manage to uh, digest more information than most of us have access to, um, and that's about it. There's yeah. very few people, you know, the the innovative uh, academicians are very few. And the people, the actual criti- critical thinkers in academia, I think also, I think it's just as rare there as it is in the rest of the population. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's something I think we should uh, like, take a harder look at. Yeah, to the end, by the way, uh, Stephanie was also pointing out for you, Joseph, uh, no, the wrong road was imposed by the Roman Empire that had no use of people who could think. And I can't say that I disagree. But then again, it could have been almost any culture. It oh, but she's necessarily... she's right. Oh, yeah. Like I said, I, I can't. Because it was imposed disagree. because we have a choice. When you have somebody, like, when we're children, you know, we have no choice but to... Um, to depend on authority but sorry i've got an alarm going off here that it refuses to go off oh yeah so you know uh, when you've got somebody under your care in that position um you have a choice either to educate them and teach them to live for themselves or use their own fishing rod uh, for the example for the anecdote um or make them depend on you for the rest of their lives and the people controlling things back then while well, they go well it'd be more useful if uh you know we told them how to behave that way it'll be beneficial for us and that's part of the problem right there isn't it and it's so damn easy that's the that's the saddest part if uh, if my experience in artificial intelligence has taught me anything, it's just it's about how fucking programmable humans are. But the other the other piece of it is um, trying to figure who's doing research versus who's just spitting back out whatever's already been placed out in front of them. And if there's one thing that we've learned, especially from, well, the medical side, and I'm not putting Bridget on the spot on this one. We've talked about this before. Research, for research's sake, is, it's a bit of a money pit that a lot of organizations typically don't want to fund because there's no obvious outcome when all is said and done. I mean, doing medical research is a lot of funds, there's a lot of money, there's a lot of time, there's a lot of risk. So the, the why bother? The corporations are only interested in selling what's already selling. Yeah. In in a lot of cases, yeah. And in and, all, even in fashion. I mean, Paris is dead as far as fashion is concerned, just for that reason. But yeah, I mean, we see that with R and D, um, pharmaceutical companies and things. They're having 
really been any new innovations in antibiotics in a long time because there's no money to be made in it. Uh, so there's not, there's only, I can't remember which company it is that's left, but there's only one of the major pharmaceutical companies that's even working on antibiotics. It doesn't bring in as much money as, you know, some of the other drugs for chronic diseases. And, uh, you know, antibiotics are something that somebody would use on a, you know, case-by-case -case basis. It's not to treat a chronic condition, so why bother? And that's going to end up having a lot of people die like they did before we had antibiotics from treatable infections or what yeah. would be treatable. Yeah, because they're going to be caught, figuratively speaking, with the pants down when mm -hmm. MRSA all of a sudden becomes the dominant force. Yep. And only because I, I, I am an idiot and I really should have remembered, I forgot what MRSA actually stands for. Sorry. It's methicillin-resistant uh, Staphylococcus aureus. Otherwise known as the superbugs. Mm -hmm. Well, being what I know, I had MRSA five years ago, six years ago. can't remember now. But I have five scars from where they had an insert. I had the community-associated uh, MRSA, which is different than the blood infection. Mm -hmm. And... I had to have drains put in my armpit because I had gotten it so bad and they it took a cocktail of three different antibiotics because they couldn't find one strong enough to knock it out of my system it took 18 months before I was able to be considered MRSA free and I think that um, it's safe to say that, uh, Bridget, uh, correct me on this one, that qualifies as lucky in some respects, yeah? Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, at least she didn't have, you know, what they used to call blood poisoning. Yeah. Um, you know, septicemia, because yeah. uh, mortality rate for that is around 70%, yeah. even yeah, with the, prop the, treatment. Yeah. The, the type of MRSA I had is actually the one that... Uh, think of a boil is basically mm -hmm. and what had happened is i made the mistake of dry shaving <laughs> bad idea and it got infected and because i at the time was working uh retail so i was handling money you know around the public you know 10 hours a day and i found out after the fact that somebody in our community was diagnosed with MRSA, refused treatment, and was basically spreading it. I wasn't the only, there was uh, seven of us that came oh down goodness. with it. Yeah, just because, you know, but it turned out, what I found out afterward was this person, yeah, refused treatment because they had no insurance, they had no way to pay for it. Another ball of wax, but it's like, yeah, I mean, if the cocktail they used to finally knock it out of my system, if that hadn't worked, they were like, get a loss as to what to do. I mean, it wasn't, for me, it wasn't so much that it prevented me, you know, that I was sick in the hospital. I mean, I was still working. But I had to, you know, drop one. I was working two jobs at the time. I had to drop my other job because I was just too sick to work two jobs. But 
Yeah, they, they were running out of options. I mean, and, and that's, you know, pathetic, especially when you, the flip side of that is we have pharmaceutical companies that are raising the cost of insulin to, you know, uh, 220% of what they were 18 months ago. Mm-hmm. I'm not an insulin-dependent diabetic, but I am diabetic. And there's people that are going w- without their medicine because they can't no longer afford it. Mm-hmm. Because instead of costing $100 a month, it's costing them almost three. Oh, it's more than that now. Well, I know it's way more than that. Yeah. Um, when <laughs> I was working in pharmacy, which was not that long ago, um, it was already costing uh, Medicare people who were in the quote unquote, you know, donut hole about yeah. 1200 a month for insulin, yeah. which is ridiculous. And they couldn't afford that. So you have people taking it every other day, trying to stretch right. it out and they die that way. Yeah. Well, it's just like, uh, it's like with, uh, social security disability. People are like, well, why don't you get disability? Because, you know, physically I can't do what I used to do, but it's like, um, most people are on a three and a half year waiting list. Some people are dying before they're even getting their benefits. Yeah. It's like, why, why, I mean, how is that, you know, going back to the whole family values thing, how is that not hypocritical? Yeah. Like, there was, there, uh, there was a, a town hall meeting that happened some months ago where a gentleman went ahead and he tore into his rep and I, I forget, I forget the majority of what it was that he said. And I don't remember where it was, who it was he was talking to. I don't remember the guy's name. I don't remember what city. I don't remember what state, but he said, and, and again, I'm, I'm paraphrasing that withholding medical services based on the ability to pay mm-hmm. is immoral. And well, I, ba- I, basically it comes down to, and I, I've probably, you know, told your audiences too is, before, but I've mentioned on Beyond the Trailer Park quite a few times. The day I had my stroke, I did not qualify for Medicaid because I theoretically made too much money. <clears throat> um, in Pennsylvania, the limit is $200 cash per month. You make anything over that, you don't qualify. The day I had my stroke, I lost my ability to work. I have uh, partial paralysis on my right side. I went down the next day, literally, applied for uh, Medicaid and qualified. Want to know what changed? I couldn't work anymore. You know how much my hospital bill was for my first stroke? I'm afraid to even wager a guess. My first stroke cost $167,000. Mm. My second stroke cost over a half million. Wow. That Both is- strokes most likely, not guaranteed, could have been prevented had I gone in and had my leg checked prior to it happening because I was having issues with my leg. I passed it off as, you know, just my knee. And it was most likely a blood clot. It most 
most likely would have been caught, but I didn't have insurance. So we got a lot of pieces that are covered so far. And I want to kind of pull a little bit of it together because we've only got about 20 minutes. We haven't been nearly as, you know, liberal with our language. Come on. No, I know. I know. And the thing that's really pissed me off is of all the things that we've ended up talking about, where where have we dropped the ball where where what pieces would hitch if if he were able to crawl up out of his grave and and reanimate where would he go ahead and say what the bloody fuck is wrong with you that you didn't do this yet well i i think it can be summed up in how he went after mother teresa and her bullshit I think there's a parallel there. I think I think it was a bit misplaced, but Stephanie said it earlier. Uh, she was right about uh, um, be careful where you place the fault for that, because it really it lies with the people, with the educators at the time. And Mother Teresa was, um, I think, I'm persuaded, anyways, that she was a believer. She she actually believed oh. all the bullshit she did. Absolutely, she was manipulated too, and she, but unfortunately, she was um, put in a position where her beliefs were doing actual damage. Mm -hmm. But if she were just some lowly nun, um, she wouldn't have. Well, I, I I think okay to take it a step further is the fact that the institution of the Catholic Church, well, besides making her a fucking saint, is that they didn't deny it. I mean, there's actually, I mean, there, I mean, even beyond what, what Hitch was able to present, more and more has come out, especially since his death. I mean, we all know about the child trafficking. Um, that her mission of charities in some ways I don't remember the details is responsible for but it's the the deniability of the Catholic Church and if you transfer all that bullshit over we have very few voices attacking the institution which in our case would be uh, representatives and senators and etc in our government that's allowing basically the same bullshit to go on here in this country. That that's a great comparison. That's exactly what's going on because they're they're always pushing some popularity figure to the forefront, making everyone believe it. It's them that's running everything, while they stay behind the scenes and uh, they're the ones. The 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 people you know the Koch brothers. Do we see them in public very often? No, no. but these are the people running things. Yeah. And the cardinals are the ones running the things in the Catholic Church. You know, yeah. how often are they in the front uh, of the scene right. other than just to quote unquote elect the Pope or decide which one's the most? But uh, I think I think in some ways 
I mean, and, and this is not to take away from those that are being vocal, but as I said, Hitch had no problem carrying his balls around in the wheelbarrow when he spoke out about the Catholic Church, whereas here, specifically in the U.S., I think we don't have that voice anymore. I think he would be appalled at what's transpiring here in this country. Yeah. And, you know, I know there's some issues going on over in, in France right now. I don't understand it, so I'm not going to comment on it. But I think, you know, he was very aware and he had no problem attacking the the institution, not necessarily the people, but the institutions that are that's allowing this to happen. And I think we've lost that voice. Allowing or making it happen. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, as an aside, by the way, Stephanie had also put, uh, what about her letters, uh, meaning Mother Teresa's, uh, what about her letters saying she did not have faith? Now, to be fair, I don't know anything about this, but I kind of wonder if it was a matter of that she would have said that she had no direct faith for the Christian God, but she had a faith in some deity that happened to match up a lot with Jesus. And she kind of used it and, and put it to her own her own ends and, and uses. Now again, like I said, I'm kind of talking about my uh, talking out my ass on this one because I don't know, but I kind of wonder if maybe that might have been something. In, in any event, um, what she believed or didn't, the fact that she believed that suffering brought you closer to beatitude, if, if I'm using the right word for it, mm -hmm. um, I'm sorry. There are terms like uh, horrible, fucked up, um, unconscionable, inhuman that come to mind for me. But then again, I'm slightly, oddly enough, after just this much wine, I'm actually hit a little bit hard, and I don't know why. So I can't think of all my usual, you know, vocabulary, which is really sad for me right about now. It, it's funny how it... How it, it it's kind of ironic but if you look at the whole thing together about mother Teresa, is that you know um people were reproaching her she was getting towards the end of her life she was getting like private jets and shit like that being flown around like that i don't think any of this was by her you know choice but i think that it was actually this that started her unbelief just well, uh, the, the seeing court. the underlying hypocrisy of the entire system it's possible. I think she began. I think she began to see it herself. Well, of course, this is a Reuters article concerning the the faith and letters, and I'll just read this for one line here because says a book of letters written by Mother Teresa of Calcutta, Calcutta reveals for the first time that she was deeply tormented about her faith and suffered periods of doubt about God. So, I mean, there, it, so maybe something to look into, but it's like. I think what you said, Joseph, as far as um, 
her being possibly a victim. I, I think it's a combination of the two. She was a victim of the ideology and a victim well, of the institution. It's also, well, it's kind of like the, the example I came up with earlier is that like, you know, like you take a fanatical, like a, a suicide bomber, for example. Um, he is a victim or they are a victim of um you know the the indoctrination but the, they're but they were put into a position or pushed into a position to to do actual damage on the mm -hmm. uh, the rest of society so in one sense they are a victim but in their acting um <clears throat> it's funny well, that do we do we say bull in english but uh, the um the executioner, the victim, and the executioner at the same right. time. Yeah. Oh, and just ju just a side. These letters are supposedly from fifty-three to fifty-six. So. Oh yeah. So I'm wrong there. So. Well, no, you 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 could be right because I mean, how much of it was really the Catholic Church, and how much of it was her? No, my I, the thing about uh, seeing all this excess shaking her faith towards the end of her oh, life. Oh, okay. You could be right. I was talking out of my ass there. <laughs> but um, there's there's a, a, a different piece about that. And I, I know this is going to be semantics really hard, but what Joseph was saying about people being pulled uh, along, or sorry, uh, being pushed towards, uh, for instance, terrorism bombing and, and, and suicide bombing and, and that kind of thing. I don't know so much pushed so much as guided into it. It's and somebody else's work. That's the no, no, uh, no. I, I, I don't. Again, I don't disagree with you, but I think that the the idea of guiding people, especially young people, towards a specific end, to me, is more. To me, it's 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 more despicable. I mean, people can be pushed to do almost anything with the right motivation. Um, I mean, for me, it's all, all in the same thing because we all tend to manipulate each other's in in very small ways, you know, by presenting certain facts and others. But sure. I mean, it, but it all amounts to the same thing. It's um, you know, take my word for it. Yes, but the the oh god which is now, which is dishonest in itself it it is it is now see i've i've got i've got one teacher in my head from my seventh grade anything after yeah but is bullshit darn great <laughs> uh, my point was going to be that if you teach some people from the from before they know how to ask the right questions and intentionally steer them towards the religious fanaticism. You got to do two That's... things for that to work, though. You got to first feed them wrong information, make them scared or whatever and dependent on you. And two, keep them from asking the questions themselves. And that's what the church does very well. And so does some individuals in our government. Yeah, 2000 well. year long experiment. They've got it down to a T. Yeah, and to to borrow a uh, 
a phrase from Deb. In fact, she did. Uh, she spoke about this at, at one of the atheist conferences she she's been to about conformity. You have, you know, somewhere along the line, Mother Teresa, or in our case, uh, members of uh, uh, the government here in the States have conformed to the ideology being presented by the powers that be. Well, that's their meal ticket. Yes. For our good lot. It, it's, it's an insidious system because uh, mm -hmm. um, once this kind of system has the, the majority, if you don't bow to it, you're fucked. You can't be a part of it. You can't be part and of that, it. And that's why... Uh, to use John McCain as an example, although, in my opinion, a crappy example, why he took so much flack. He was a rhino. A lot of the more hardcore Republicans didn't like him. Um, that's why uh, Jeff Flake, he's taking, you know, he, he's outgoing. Um, even Paul Ryan has, to some degree, uh, not sided with some of the policies of Trump, and they're taking a lot of flack because they're not conforming any longer because they don't have to. And we need more voices from that side to go along with them. We need more Hitchens. <laughs> yep. We're Hitchin-like. <laughs> there can only be one Christopher Hitchens. True that. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna see about uh, wrapping this up a little bit uh, a little bit quick compared to other weeks because I've got something that uh, I got to do before we get out of here. But um, uh, Stephanie, yeah, thank you. Leading is more persuasive. Yeah, because you you teach kids who don't know how to ask the right questions. Uh, that, like I said, that to me is far and away much more despicable. But I think that's part of it is because. I wanted to be an educator once upon a time ago. So there's a, there's a certain moral bar for me about what you're supposed to do, but be that as it may. Um, does anybody have any, any last items that they want to get out and done with, with, uh, with the idea of um, any memories of Hitch who were Hitch still around who richly deserves his ire, that kind of thing. I think just continue to let him be an inspiration. I mean, well, he said it. He said it best himself. When I'm dead, I'm dead. Yeah. Bury me and be done with it. There is that, but at the same time. So here's he... to you, Hitch, you drunken bastard. Yeah. So. Well, he could do it drunk, so what's yeah, everybody else's excuse? <laughs> I was just thinking that some of his best uh, rants were when he was... Shit-faced? Unimbibed. Or un uninhibited. That's one way to put it. Shit-faced. Yep. Well, yeah, he was quite shit-faced, but he was pretty close. Yep. But he could still make an argument. Oh yeah, I'm well, drunk. Solid. What's your excuse? Yes, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Yep, and like I said earlier in the show, 
at least he had not only the balls to stand up for what he thought was right, he had balls enough to go ahead and say, you know what? I was wrong. And yeah. I am now going to completely change my attitude on proposition blah. Yeah. Because, um, and I, Bridget, I want your microphone unmuted because I want your honest reaction really quickly because of one word, waterboarding. Uh, yeah. For a long time, he was adamant that it was not torture and, and then what happened to undergo it. And he lasted what? Two seconds. Mm -hmm. If that and decided that it was torture, um, you know, they, for people who haven't seen it, he had some kind of a metal weight in his hand that he was going to drop when he couldn't take it anymore. And as soon as I started pouring, he dropped it. Actually, wait a minute. It, no, 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 no. If, if I need to, I need to, I need to refresh my memory. I think I could be wrong. I think he actually ended up holding on to it longer than he meant to because he panicked and just gripped. I think I would need to double check, but something I, I, I need to, I need to go and look that one up. I'm not yeah. sure, but it was, it was less than two seconds. That, he dropped that one it. actually, I think was Stephen Fry. Cause I think I remember him mentioning that in a, no. uh, no, 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 it, no, it, it, no, I pulled up his article from Vanity Fair. Yeah, yeah. Um, Stephen Stephen Fry. Uh, first off, there is no reason why Stephen Fry should ever even ask about it because he is too nice a person to even go through that voluntarily. Yeah. But uh, yeah, um, show notes. I've got I've got notes for myself with with everything and everything too so we'll get that um so um was there anything else to to yeah we're kind of running out of time um was there any last item I I, I don't have any last closer for anything at this point I mean I've I've pretty well said all my piece so was there any last leftover piece for anybody? Just Hitch, he just made it easier for the rest of us by pushing the bar. I mean, <laughs> you know, showing that it's oh, the hardest thing, you know, it's always the first person in a any also crowd to it, do something is you know, what? I was just going to say, he also made it harder for us by emptying the bar. I see what you did there. I see what you did there. Is that even an English expression, pushing the bar? Um, yes. Us usually it's raise the bar or oh, raise lower the bar. The bar. Okay. Yeah, okay. <clears throat> French is creeping into my everyday. As it should. That's okay. That's, that's, what, you, that's what you got uh, us for. That's the thing about English. No matter, I mean, there is no language in the world that it has so many different vernaculars than English. English basically sneaks up behind other languages in a dark alley, beats it over the head, and takes it and drags it away. Uses it for its own ends. After digesting it. Ah, uh, no. 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 Anyway. So... What comes out is rarely pretty. It, it doesn't 
doesn't even in, in any way surprise me. Anyway, like I said, I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap us uh, just a, a little bit quicker than normal because I've got something for everybody. So everybody, thank you very much for being with us tonight. Hope that you had uh, fun with all of our stuff. I know it's not quite our usual, but I'm like I said, kind of feeling the wine for a change, which is really really wrong. <laughs> so all right, I'm, I'm those- not. For those who feel cheated, I'll do it just once. Shit, piss, fuck, cocksucker, cock, motherfucker, tits. <laughs> Happy? Dominus Fabiscum, shithead. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Anyway, as always, hope that you uh, you enjoyed all of our perspectives, found something worthwhile in everything we had to say. Let's go ahead and say goodnight to the crew, and then I'll tell you what the last item that is that I've got for you, everybody, because it's for everybody. So, Joseph, glad you're able to make it. You have yourself a good rest of your morning. Good luck with your projects. And sorry, sorry, yeah, I'm sorry, it was in the middle. <laughs> sorry, sorry to keep you hanging. I, w- I was just yeah. placing a toilet. Okay, um, yeah. That's part of my project. Yeah, I'm I'm working on an architecture plan. Sorry, something <laughs> caught my attention. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, I'm glad you're following, and uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks for having me on. No worries. You take care of yourself, Beth. Um, I guess it's almost time for you to go to sleep now. Huh? What? <laughs> yeah. You you're, yeah. you're you're you and your kitty can go ahead and get yourself some sleep. Thank you very much, though. Seriously. You're welcome. Thank you for inviting me. No worries. <laughs> Joe, glad you're able to make it. Did you end up blowing anybody up in the meantime? Oh, plenty. Good. <laughs> there's, a, there's a story behind the scenes you guys don't know anything about. Just trust me. This was actually funny. So, get yourself a good morning, man. You stay warm, huh? I make no promises. I try so hard. Bridget, <laughs> thank you very much, hon. You have yourself a good morning. Oh, you too. <laughs> you always has to do this to me. Yes, I um, do. If you would like to see my musings, um, you can find me at bridgetfitch2112.wordpress.com or you can find me on Facebook as Bridget Fitch. Now that I got that one out of the way and I needled you, I get to backtrack around and go, see, Beth, that's how you go ahead and you plug your own show because you didn't. (laughs) Well, you didn't seem to be leaning that way. Um, You can catch Dub and I on uh, Beyond the Trailer Park with our co-host Morgan Stringer. And this Monday, we're going to be talking about Holy Relics. We kind of dipped into it by accident last week when we were talking about the Dead Sea Scrolls. But we're going to touch on the Holy Relics. Uh, since we did the uh, Forest in of Christ already, we might not touch on that again. But we're going to try to hit some relics, not just within Christianity, but other religions as well. And we're 7.30 p.m. Eastern. Um, YouTube, we put out links on Twitter, various Facebook Facebook groups, and our personal pages, so you can catch us there, or just look up uh, Beyond the Trailer Park, it'll pop up. 
and that's uh well tomorrow night it's seven thirty. Nice. I knew sooner or later I'd get you. <laughs> anyway. So as always, everybody, thank you very much for being with us. Uh, if you would like to check for the podcast version of the show, you can take a swing over to holycrapthevlogcast.com. We've got all the social media links over there as well. Plus, if you would like to get in touch with us, the voice line is 859-HCTV-554, 859-4288-554. And of course, if you'd like to send us a couple of bucks over on Patreon, it's patreon.com slash hctv the reason why i wanted to get to this point is we have a voicemail that came through on wednesday believe it or not no shit so i downloaded the sound file onto my phone and i have it uh, plugged into the mixer board so i hope that this actually comes out correctly so I've got the I've got the voice turned down, uh, the sound turned down enough that I don't think it's going to end up blowing anybody's voices out, uh, anybody's ears out. So let's see if this works because I didn't get the chance to try this out for myself yet, and this should go through. Very Except I don't know if it's playing. It's playing. Again, Merry Christmas. Love the show. Thanks so much. Oh. Sorry about that. Did that uh, was that loud enough and clear enough? Didn't hear the first part of it, but uh, because I was talking when I. No, it was quiet. Um. All right. Let me do one more time. Merry Christmas, Florida, where it's 50 degrees, which is not tolerable. But again, Merry Christmas. Love the show. Thanks so much. Yeah, I bet he, if it's 50 in Florida, I bet he's freezing. <laughs> yeah, ain't that the case? <laughs> so anyway, um, Randy, thank you. You actually have a coveted spot of being the first one that actually ends up on the air. Which means I need to try to figure out how to how to properly listen to this at the same time because because of the way that the, the system works, I don't hear what's going through because I don't hear my microphone at all. So I don't hear my voice, which meant I didn't hear what was coming through my phone going through the mixer board because uh, same, same, same. So sorry about that. But have a good holiday season, man. And thank you. Seriously. Many times over, thank you. All these times I've been saying, we don't get any cool. voicemails. We don't get any voicemails. Well, we've got a fucking voicemail this time. <laughs> Go us. Thank you. Seriously, thank you. Um, Stephanie, thank you very much for uh, your time also. Uh, yeah, I. it did not go the way I expected, but was deep. Thank you. It. If there's one thing I've learned, show never goes quite the way that we anticipated to. Never. And it's actually one of the things I like about it. Kind of flying by the seat of your pants, never quite knowing where you're going to end up. 
you just know that by the time it's all over, you're not wearing any pants. <laughs> That's how podcasting is supposed to work, right? And yep. pride, <laughs> uh, pride is the belt that holds your pants up long after your pants are gone. <laughs> Great. So why am I got suspenders then? I don't. I don't know what that's supposed to be. You're you're an egoist. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> thank you all for being with us. You have yourselves a good week. We will be seeing you soon. I still have to try to get somebody on for an upcoming week because there's a there's a story that I'm still waiting to get somebody to help out with. Uh, deal with that in a little bit. But in any case, until we get together, you all take good care of yourselves. As always, I wish you the peace I no longer have. I wish you the strength that I've learned. I wish you well. And as always, my lady, 13 plus years on, I am still in love. Not today, Fujin. I love you. I miss you. Dream of me. Until the next time we get together, everybody, as always, good night. You've been listening to Holy Crap, the Vlogcast. Feel free to leave a comment at the show's website at holycrapthevlogcast.com, where you'll also find links to our Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter pages. Theme music is Twisted by Kevin McLeod, available at incompetech.com. And on behalf of all of us here, thank you for listening.